I'm Stephen Price. Hello, I'm Cara Githens. This is The Innkeepers, a podcast by Sanctuary Inn. At Sanctuary Inn, we believe we are called to equip, refresh, and restore God's global workers. On this podcast, we will be interviewing guests who have much to teach us about the many facets of missionary care. Let's learn together and be encouraged to press on in the work God has given each one of us to do. Hi, this is Steve. Hello, this is Kara. And we'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Innkeepers Podcast. Yes, we are interviewing Tammy Sharp today. Steve, how about you tell us about her? Yeah, so Tammy was born and raised in Brazil, where her parents served as teachers and administrators at Amazon Valley Academy. Later, she attended Wheaton College because she decided she wanted to be a a teacher so she could return to teach at a missionary kids' school somewhere in the world. She actually, after some time in Alaska, ended up back in Brazil teaching at Amazon Valley Academy. And then she went on to do her master's in education. And instead of going back overseas, which she thought she was going to do, she ended up working for her missions agency for 17 years as the MK, or Missionary Kid Coordinator, serving the kids in that organization. In January 2018, Tammy joined Barnabas International as a consultant for their Third Culture Kid program and director of Mukapa, which you'll hear more about in this broadcast here. So Tammy also recently has agreed to serve on the board of Sanctuary Inn, and so we're excited to have her on the board and helping us care for God's global workers. Well, let's get started. Tammy, I'm so glad you're here with us today. So as we start out today, uh, it would be great if you could share with us a little bit of your story and how you became passionate about missionary missionary kid care. Yeah, sure. Love to share. Um, the first thing is I was I grew up at a missionary kid school actually in Brazil at the mouth of the Amazon. And my parents had gone there to teach and to work at the school, Amazon Valley Academy. So I was born there in Brazil and lived on that school property, yeah, zero to 18, except for our home ministry years. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think I got very interested in MK or missionary kid care uh, from my parents because my parents, both of my parents really loved missionary kids Um, teaching at the school. My dad became the principal. Um, They were very involved. And even after they left the school to work in our mission home office, they continued to hold up this, the flag of MK care and the need for that. And so I just saw that my whole life from my parents. So I was interested in going back to teach overseas in another school somewhere to teach missionary kids. So that's what I went to college to do, to become a teacher. And I ended up teaching in America first, but I did go back to Brazil to teach at the same school I grew up at. But kind of funny story about that. I was trying to go teach in Asia or somewhere else in the world because I had been there, done that in Brazil. Uh And so when I was calling different places, trying to find a a teaching job, there was one that they needed a history teacher at Amazon Valley Academy. So yeah, I ended up there. 
Um, so that was one thing that the Lord used in my life was my past experience as a missionary kid and my parents who loved missionary kids, but also I just felt the Lord calling me to that later um, after teaching in the U.S. and teaching back in Brazil. I was finishing graduate school and just wondering what was next after that. And I just really felt the Lord calling me to um, work with missionary kids. And so I ended up joining my mission agency to be the MK coordinator there. Great. Thanks. And, so yeah. So I did that for a while. Now I work at Barnabas International. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know in the world of missionary kids and missionary missions in general, missionary kids and so on, there's a lot of, um, letters mks and tck's and adult tck's and so on so maybe if you could just take a minute and run through the little um, alphabet for us and define each of those so that when we're talking today we don't want to um, get tangled up in any of this conversation so take a minute and do some of those uh, definitions for us yeah for sure i'd already used that one mk uh, which is missionary kid which i am a mk um, so MK is a child of a missionary. Um, some people like to use the word, uh, use missionaries kid, a kid belonging to a missionary, mm -hmm. because sometimes saying missionary kid, that means the kid is not the missionary themselves. It's like, you know, a kid growing up in a missionary home. Um, and then missionary kid is a subset of a broader category called TCK, third culture kid. And the third culture kid is um, this developmental ages of zero to 18 of kids that are growing up and a different, a significant part of that developmental age um, in a country or culture that's different than their, one of their parents' passport cultures or passports homes um, because of the parents' work. Um, so a third culture kid could include diplomats, military, um, business kids, missionary kids. And then an ATCK is an adult third culture kid. So an adult, we usually say ATCK instead of AMK. Um, so it just means an adult who it was as a kid grew up overseas or grew up in our cross-cultural setting. And now there's a new category or another category called CCK which is cross-cultural kid. And that's the biggest kind of overarching category that third culture kid and MK can fit underneath. But the cross-cultural kid is this developmental ages of kids that have meaningful interaction with different cultures as they're growing up. And so this could be um, biracial families or kids of adopted national, different nationalities or mm -hmm. a, a Mexican family that immigrated to California, but the, the kids are crossing cultures every day or there's some kind of moving piece. So, so there's CCK, TCK, and MK. So cross-cultural kid, third-culture kid, missionary kid. And then the A that goes in front of that is an adult who was... Right. As a kid grew up, yeah. Okay. That's very sorry. Nice. That's a lot. <laughs> no, I know, no, but I think those categories help. Yeah, it's important to have those definitions. So what do you think mission teams and local churches need to understand about these different groups and these 
kids growing up among world as as some would say yeah one of the um um, when I was thinking about working with third culture kids and missionary kids, um, I came across an article that Dave Pollock wrote, and he co-authored a book called Third Culture Kids with Ruth Van Rieken. Um, but this article, he was talking about the three, three reasons why we should care about missionary kids and third culture kids. And one was that they exist, that he had the three Ps. Mm -hmm. One was the presence of them, is that as churches, as agencies, and just in general in the world, we know that there, a lot of the world does not know the gospel Mm -hmm. and that there's a need for sending people and people going out, whether it's in business or, um, believers being part of the world. So there's, there's a presence of third culture kids and, and need for missionary kids um, in the world. And so as a responsibility to love and care for other people, one of the commandments um, is that the, the presence of them, that we should you know, care for um, other people and third culture kids, missionary kids. And another reason for local churches and organizations it's just the parents so the second p is parents um is like how do we come alongside parents and encourage them as they're raising their kids in um these awesome places or difficult places um how do we come alongside parents and the third the third p that he dave pollock mentioned was potential um as their culture kids are growing up um and have like yeah, these different skill sets and language skill sets, the potential that they have to change the world, mm-hmm. to um, be global citizens, to, um, yeah, ad- advance the Lord's work and what he's doing around the world. Um, so it, that was just a good framework for me when I was thinking about it. It's just that the presence um, of TCKs, the parents, how do we come alongside parents, and then the potential that TCKs have to impact the world. I know in my own life, I've met some adult TCKs and I, for the longest time, I didn't even know they didn't let on, you know, there wasn't anything that I would know, but then all of a sudden someone busts out in another language that they're fluent in. I'm like, wait a minute, how did, how did that happen? Or I know a young man who um, grew up in, um, in India and he has some musical ability that, is cultural to India that is uh, some of the best in the world. He's, he's an amazing, you know, he's mm-hmm. taken on some local talent there and it's like, wow. So as we talk about that, let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits of growing up in a culture outside your home culture. What, what are some of the benefits kids reap from that? Yeah. Well, you mentioned one of them, you know, the language skills of being able to communicate in an, another language, um, having some kind of linguistic skills. I wish I had learned Portuguese a little bit better. I can get around in Brazil if I need to, but, but yeah, just like you mentioned that, that guy that knew about the Indian music, but just this expanded worldview um, of seeing the world more than just your, yeah, yourself and your, your neighborhood or your city. And um, so that's kind of this like um, expanded worldview. Um, I think a lot of um, MKs have a real sense of empathy 
um, it's a real a positive thing of really feeling for other people that are going through struggles or hard times. Uh, also, this cross-cultural skills of being able to enter into new cultures and new situations, being a very observant and seeing what's around you. And one of my favorites, because I just um, used this, this positive thing recently, is having friends all over. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I just was on a three-week road trip, and I only stayed in a hotel once. And the, the main reason for the hotel was that I was sick. But, mm. but yeah, being able to travel for three weeks and stay with people I know, whether they're coworkers or friends. Uh, I flew into Charlotte, North Carolina, and stayed with a girl we were six days apart. I've known her since I was zero, you know, oh, wow. basically. Yeah, that I've known her my whole life. We grew up together and she lives in Charlotte. And so just, yeah, being able to stay with her and, and other friends along the way and people all over that, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I love that one too. I often talk yeah. about, oh, we should, yeah. we should go on a trip. Oh, and we can yeah. stay here. And I know someone here and I know we can stay here. Like I can travel the world and stay yeah. everywhere without yeah. a hotel. <laughs> Yeah, my, my Japanese friends picked me up in Tokyo and took me around for a couple of days, put me up a hotel, you know. Yeah, just went to England, went to Scotland. Just, yeah, who knows? You know people all over, so that's super fun. Well, I, I think one of the things you mentioned, though, was just the whole idea of the empathy and mm -hmm. how I think people, um, young people that have grown up outside of their home culture can can more easily come alongside when someone that's really struggling with something or a greater identification with someone especially you can imagine yourself in a new situation where you don't yeah. know the language and you don't know how to shop and don't know how to get around. And they, it's, I think more easily they can step in and, and be a friend to someone like that. And uh, they probably, I don't, I'm guessing this is true. I don't know, I have a statistic, but I'm thinking on a university campus, mm -hmm. kids are probably going to gravitate to the international students and probably create those friendships with international students at the, um, you know, in a way that maybe the other students wouldn't do that. So. Yeah, for sure. Seeing that. Yes. Yes. We've lived that. I've right. lived that. Yeah. yeah. And when I was living in Kansas City, I uh, worked with international students there. Um, I've assigned girls from like Togo and Benin. And I've never lived in West Africa, but, you know, just helping them adjust to living in Kansas City and thinking through like, yeah, I moved from Brazil to college and that was a big transition for me so we understand transitions so yeah. what do you think are some of the struggles and the drawbacks that a tck especially in those young adult years when they're transitioning mm -hmm. to college per, perhaps what are some of the struggles i think as several came to mind but one of them is this identity um kind of formation of like who am i um, this kind of who am I and where I belong. So this yeah, identity and belonging are, are ones that come up um, in college and even into young, young adults. Um, also this idea of because of so many transitions um, and moving um, that are part of the TCK experience, there can be unresolved grief mm -hmm. um, and not having processed that and that can often come up later in the young adulthood years. Um, one of the things I, I personally have struggled with, and this is true of some, is confused loyalties. Yeah. Um, just recently, I was digging out my three passports um, because my office at work was asking for my passport. And so I just sent them my U.S. passport and a copy of it. And they're like, yeah, what about your other two? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're, 
where do we belong? Do we, you know, these TCKs that are living, have grown up in Ukraine and Russia and, you know, and there's this war right now. It's, you know, what does that look like for them and how are they processing um, that, um, yeah, where they're from and where they belong and how they fit in in the world? Um, Other ones are like being rootless um or and restless sometimes <laughs> after college I lived in Alaska for five years and I'm like whoa five years I gotta go somewhere else you know and yes I definitely have felt that itch too like okay I've been here for this long and I start thinking about what next and I think it's we get used to constantly moving and so yeah I think moving is the normal yeah the the place I live right now um my brother's said to make it this a financial good option for me he said I need to live here 17 years and wow. he said Tammy can you live somewhere for 17 years <laughs> so I said yeah no no but, oh, yeah so we'll see it, it'll work out yeah I think it's probably important for people to understand that sometimes families uh, don't have a lot of say when they move or mm-hmm. where they move um, for a lot of different reasons. And you were talking about the unresolved grief and yeah. it's not always the time to say goodbye and, and say your goodbyes or leave well yeah. from the countries. Do you want to just talk about that a little bit about people that have had to leave more suddenly? Yeah, for sure. I- any transition is hard, but when it's expected, these expected transitions of like, I'm going to graduate from high school I'm going to graduate from college or it's furlough time. Um, it gives a little bit of time to hopefully build the, a raft, um, which is a tool that's used in transition. And But with COVID um, and the crisis now in the world, it's a lot of TCKs have had to evacuate or to leave suddenly or in other countries, there's been earthquakes or different things that is a harder transition because it doesn't provide the kids an opportunity to, to leave well. And it's when you don't leave well, it's hard to enter well into the next place that you live. And so, yeah, there's some things that you can do to kind of go back and think about or like process, but the, yeah, unresolved grief can build up. Um, if those things aren't kind of thought through. And so we're seeing a lot more of that now in the world because of different crises that have happened that were unexpected. Okay. So in the whole area of transition, let's talk a little bit about um, a a young person who's 18 or 19 and they've made Mm -hmm. the choice they're going to come back to their parents' home culture to go to college, whether that's the States or Canada or or another country. Mm -hmm. Um, What kinds of things do they encounter that, maybe we say or do things that that um, yeah kind of maybe aren't helpful but uh, what kinds of things do they encounter that a lot of us might not even be aware of Um, i think the first thing is that they uh, a lot of people feel that they're coming back home um where the home is a interesting interesting word I saw one of those memes you know like for a TCK where's home and it's like all over the place and so a lot of times churches or family is like aren't you glad to be home but it's not home it's not where they were growing up and if you and the question of where where are you from is a really difficult question um, to ask 
or to answer. And so I often will say, when I talk to TCKs, I say, you know, where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's a little bit easier question to ask than where are you from? Yeah. Um, so that's one, one of the things I think that's challenging. I think another thing that can be challenging on, on, the, on the transition is this idea of being a, a hidden a hidden immigrant. Right. And so oftentimes, like an immigrant oftentimes looks different than the culture around them. But a third culture kid going back to the parents' home country or back to for college is looking like the culture around them. Right. And so this ex- expectation that they should know everything or know how to get around or, you know, how to do things that the, the culture already understands and knows. And so I think back to your, your, your um, story about the, person that you did that didn't know that they were you didn't know that they were a third culture kid right so oftentimes people don't want to say that because um, they don't want to be different than everybody around them and they want to try and fit in Um, but then it's hard when you don't know what to do or how to act or how to um, I remember standing in a grocery store and when I came back to I was came back to Canada first and then the U.S. but right next to the person in front of me and I didn't realize, you know, how much personal space Americans need around them, you know, growing up in a Latin culture is like, there's no personal space. And, you know, it just took me a while to like, I needed to observe the culture around me, but there were like, why is this white person standing right next to me in my line, you know, and um, just, you know, not thinking about that. And so those are just a couple of things yeah, that are really hard uh, that makes it harder for the third culture kids coming back to the parents' culture. Yeah, they, I think they can look and feel very uncomfortable and, and people around them are like, why, what's going on? Why don't you, why don't mm-hmm. you know? And it's probably the question, why don't you know this? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't grow up. They didn't grow up in, in the school system. They didn't grow up with the public transportation. They did, you know, in their, where they're moving back to and so on. And so, it's um, it's all those mysteries. They have to solve all those mysteries, and hopefully, there's someone that can help them walk through those situations. Yeah, sometimes it's easier being a foreigner in another culture because people don't expect you to to know everything or, or act the in the right way necessarily. Um, so you can get away with some mistakes as a foreigner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I remember um, a family friend when I came back at 18 from Brazil. She's like, you are as American as apple pie, but you really aren't. Like this, this dissonance that she yeah. saw yeah. that I look like I'm American. I speak perfect English, but uh, she knew that I had experienced a completely different life that she couldn't even comprehend. So I think that was actually helpful to me to have someone who was a supporter of our family. In, she at least acknowledged that yeah. you no, know, I looked like I should fit in. I didn't. And um, mm-hmm. I think that that dissonance is really hard for a lot of TCKs. Mm-hmm. That feeling mm-hmm. of I should, but I can't. And and this feeling of hey, if I took you to where I grew up, you would stick out. So let's you know, yeah. you know, yeah. giving yeah. 
that the flip that flip side is that we yeah. were competent somewhere we're right. just yeah. not competent here yeah that not feeling yet. yeah that feeling of competence or lack of competence in a new place is is really a tough feeling to deal with because you knew your way around somewhere else and you knew you you could easily function and now you're in quote unquote your home culture which isn't but uh anyway you're still trying to figure it out so when a young person comes and they're maybe like in Cara's situation she you know, I think she had people that that uh, did step in and help her. But how do young people make the transition? Well, are there things if they're near their home church? Uh, what can their home church do to help them or family, friends? Um, how do they step in and help? Yeah, I, I think actually Kara said one of the things um, that I was going to mention is just acknowledging um, that they that are different or could be different or grew up in a different culture. So I think that can be helpful. Um, one of the things I talk, a, think a lot about and talk a lot about is relationship. So I've had churches say to me, I want to help a TCK in college. Can you just assign me one? Well, most of us don't want to necessarily connect with strangers, you know, like it's helpful if you get to know, know them. And so for churches that have families that they've sent out um, to have people in that church, to know the family, maybe to have visited them, to connect with them, to invite the family, to invite the TCK to their home, to get to know them um, in a personal relational way. I think it's super helpful. One of the things that my parents did really well. They, they did, and I thought about like my transition to, um, to college. It was my parents actually that took ownership of helping me and they did three things that were super helpful. One is that they, under, they understood what a TCK was. And granted they worked at a missionary kids school in Brazil, but they had read stuff that Dave Pollock had, was writing back in those days, and they understood that I was struggling because I was a third culture kid and gave me the grace and the space for that. And another thing they did was my prayer. So praying for TCKs, my parents actually set up a prayer, my mom set up a prayer team for me when I was going into college. Um, and this is back in the day before emails. So it was really, I had to write these little notes, but I send it to one person who photocopied it and sent it out to the prayer team um, of ways to pray for me, connect with me. Yeah, they understood the TCK, they said the prayer partners. Yeah, so I just are looking back, appreciated that. Um, for, for churches, or well, for my extended family who I didn't know because I didn't grow up with them, I had an aunt and uncle that made a home away from home for me. Um, and so uh, my parents, that was the third thing. They, they made sure I knew where to go for vacation, uh, not vacation, but like the holidays. Yeah, holidays and summers. Um, so an aunt and uncle, and they said, this is, if you need a place to go, this aunt and uncle, I lived with them for three summers in college. Yeah. Um, anyway, that and uncle always said, you have a home here, you can come to an, um, here and always had a room for me. And so that was really comforting to me to know that I had somewhere to go when my parents went back to Brazil. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I forgot my parents did do is they actually took time to teach me to drive, set up mm -hmm. my bank account, did all these skill sets that really helped in that transition. 
So sometimes families can't do that, but like churches and extended family, there's a skill set. Most American kids are have a job or have some kind of work experience in this teen years. A lot of third culture kids do not have that and are coming in at 18, do not have work experience. So hiring one, you know, or helping with driving or simple things that most American kids have going into college, um, I think is super helpful in some of the practical things. Yeah. Well, can we just take a second and talk about Mukapa for a second and oh, sure. talk about your your work with Mukapa and um, how it connects with missionary kids on college campuses? Yeah, um, Mu Kappa is um, Greek letters for M and K. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, so for a missionary kid. So it started as like a campus club for missionary kids on, on a college campus. It started back in the 1980s at Taylor. And so the Taylor students, Taylor's in Indiana, um, they wanted to, how do we help you know, students transition into college? Um, so this Mukapa is a, was set up then and it spread to other college campuses. And it's a ministry under Barnabas International. So I'm now, I'm the director of Mukapa and there's a probably about 20 chapters around the country and we're trying to expand and grow it more. But it's students who are doing that peer transition support to help the students transition in, in and out of college. Yeah. Um, to come alongside of them and answering questions, helping them adjust the culture, helping them find churches, you know, that, that practical support. Um, and then there's a faculty sponsor that's on campus that can also help. So some of the schools have good connections with local churches that can help and support them, encourage them. Um, yeah, so it's just been really neat to see students themselves taking ownership for how to help other TCKs on their campus. Mm -hmm. um, so I just was on a trip visiting a couple of campuses and it was really cool to see the students, um, yeah, loving others well. Mm -hmm. I personally benefited from Mukapa when I was at Biola in my college years. And we, mm -hmm. what I loved was the retreats at the oh, yeah. Mukapa um, re retreats that Biola had were some of the highlights of my years that spending a whole weekend just with other MKs when I felt like a fish out of water everywhere else. And then those retreats just was a place where I was known and it was, it was huge for me. Yeah, I was just at yeah, Messiah um, this last month um, in Pennsylvania. And I asked them what is their favorite event that they do during the year. And they mentioned retreats as well. Yeah, that feeling where you can be yourself. You don't have to explain um, your, you know, eccentric stuff to other people. You don't have to try to fit in. You can just, yeah, be with other people who've had that similar experience as you growing up. Um, and also there are transition seminars that are sponsored yes. by, uh, I'm not sure who all sponsors them, but could you just briefly mention those, especially if there's parents wondering what, how to help their kids transition? Yeah, they, um, most of the transition seminars um, are for the eight, like 18 year olds that you finish high school and you're going into college or university. Um, there's three in the U.S. There's one that Naramore Foundation does at Biola. 
Barnabas does one at Cedarville University and Interaction International also hosts um, this year they're doing in Texas and in um, Georgia. And Interaction is the only one that is offering it for younger TCKs. Oh, cool. So it's open, I think, age 12 or 13 and up to around age 19 or 20. So there's those three. And so it's two, usually a week to 10 day programs to help get students ready for this huge transition that's coming up as they're going into university. Okay. So I highly recommend it. I know it's really hard to fit in in the summer and schedules and money constraints, but but it's it's not going to hurt hurt students and it's only going to help them. Yeah. And so it's been super encouraging. And there's actually research out there too about how helpful they've been in that transition. Yeah. We will link those three in our show notes for our, oh, for our, our audience so that we can really. So people can find that. They were great resources. I had the opportunity to go to a, a transition seminar and it was pivotal in my, mm -hmm. my ability to cope with that transition. Oh, and I wanted to do a shout out to the Canada one as well. well there's one called Reboot in Canada, yeah. which is super great because I was a Canadian MK um, growing up in Brazil, but did all my furlough in, in Alberta. And um, so they have one in Calgary and also one in Ontario or one in Alberta, one in Ontario. Okay. For Canadian MKs transitioning back. Good. All of that's been great information. Thank you, Tammy. So, um, what are some of the ways that maybe some someone who wants to help a missionary kid would maybe hurt instead of help? We've maybe touched on a little bit of that, but can you highlight highlight that a bit for us? Yeah, um, I was thinking about that. I think one way is just dismissing that experience of like, hey, you're home now, you know, just get over it. You know, that doesn't matter as much. This is where you're at right now. But during those formative, you know, developmental years, it's a really significant part. And it's forming who that person is. So understanding that background, this might be kind of hard to say, but I think in general, this is general that in the U.S. we're pretty U.S. centric. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's hurtful, I think, to TCKs who growing up in another part of the world, I have a lot of, I've heard a lot of TCKs say to me, you know, oh, I grew up in West Africa. And so I'm like, where in West Africa? Like, I want to know, is it Liberia? Or is it Cote d'Ivoire? Is it, you know, Togo or Benin? Or like, you, you know, like where, you know, and they're like, oh, you actually know that there's countries in West Africa? So sometimes I think just our, in general, Americans, yeah, lack of understanding or appreciation that there's a world out there. And so I think, yeah, down, downplaying it or just um, that experience. So not acknowledging it and kind of not recognizing how, how significant it is in the life of an MK to have lived all the years they did, even if it's yeah. a short window of time, I think sometimes it gets downplayed more if it's like, oh, it was only two years, but those two years yeah. have been huge in the yeah. life of that, that MK. Yeah. And I think if, if someone fails to ask questions, tell me what, yes. very basic questions. What was yes. it like where you lived? Um, how did you celebrate holidays? And those kinds of things, things that I didn't even know to ask 
till I lived in another culture and realized how different life was. But now it's so important because holidays and birthdays and other celebrations and so on are so significant um, in the places where you grew up. And I think if no one asks those questions, it's kind of lonely existence. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not asking good questions, you know, and people say, where are you from? And if I say Brazil, they'll, they'll say next. So did you watch the basketball game last night? Like, it's not even like on the same time, like relevant at all. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's helpful too to understand some TCKs will choose to not answer questions because um, they sense in you a lack of interest. They're, yeah. they're going to, they're not going to yeah. engage unless you really show an interest. And I mean, I, to this day, if someone asked me where I'm from, I look at them and the kind of sense of <laughs> like, how, how much time are we really going to talk here? Before yeah, exactly. I'm here, you know, yeah. and right. uh, because we have so many facets to that answer, it's not, it's not yeah. an easy question to answer. And the same thing goes for, th- for third culture kids, you know, just because I was out at lunch today with some people that grew up their whole lives in Washington state in this town I live in, you know, and yeah, it goes on me too, to be interested in their stories and where they sure. grew up and where they're from. And cause I don't think it is as interesting as mine sometimes, but, but yeah, I need to care for them and ask some good questions too. Yeah. I remember it was uh, pretty big in my college years. I had a college roommate I was kind of, you know, a little bit snobbish about the fact that I had grown up overseas, which I think that happens with TCKs at times. We lose our humility there. But she goes, you know what? I didn't choose where I got to grow up and neither did you. So, you know, it was kind of like, (laughs) you didn't have a say and I didn't have a say. So we just need to live well with what we were given. And um, that, that perspective really helped me from then on of recognizing she had a story that was her own. It wasn't necessarily yeah. something she chose. And I, I didn't ask my parents to move to Brazil when I was three. It just, <laughs> I went along for the ride, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, my mom says now she would have done it differently. She went to Brazil seven months pregnant with me. She's like, wow. if I had known differently, I would have, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm glad I was born there. But right. yeah. What, one of your three passports. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the MUCAPA. We've talked about transition seminars. What other kinds of resources mm-hmm. are available for um, kids as they transition? So I think there are, I wrote down, I can talk a little bit more about each of these categories, but I wrote down um, retreats, coaching, counseling, books, workshops, and I will backtrack and say the local church <laughs> and the word of God. Um, ultimately it's the word of God that's going to change hearts and minds and, um, and also being in a local community. Um, so I think some TCKs are as enthusiastic about the American church, but I do think that it can be a place of belonging of community of transition support, um, for TCKs. And I've seen that in my own life and I just found a church and, you know, I just moved a couple months ago and found a church. I think that's going to be really helpful to me as I live in my new community. Um, but there are some retreats that are out there for college age 
um, and there is some for adult TCKs as well. And so again, as I hear the college students saying that this has been one of their favorite things, uh, this taking advantage of some of those, um, there's one in Michigan called Snow Camp and um, Compass Ministries um, does one in February in Georgia, um, Campus Crusade or Crew yeah. just did a March one in Orlando area. So there's different opportunities for third culture kids to get together. And I think in that, it's just really helpful for them to have a breather or a break or being with people who are similar. Um, there's more and more coaching opportunities of helping TCKs think through their stories and um, what I talked about that potential of, you know, what do I do with this story and background that God's giving me and how do I use it? Um, so there's different groups doing that. Um, counseling, I think on the unresolved grief on where are we coming from? There's some different, I think it's called tckcounseling.com is getting counselors who are TC have TCK awareness and skills to just kind of process our backstories. Um, one of the books that are counseling, but uh, I don't say counseling, but one of the books that's come out is um, that Lauren Wells book on, on unstacking the grief tower Yeah, uh -huh. and is written for adult third culture kids. And so it's a really helpful book of how to process and think through um, these different grief, she calls them grief blocks that we've had in our lives and different ways to process those. Other, another book that is really good is um, Tim Sanford's book, I Have to Be Perfect. Yeah, And that's a book that we give out to TCKs a lot um, mm -hmm. to help think through these lies that we might've grown up believing, um, especially as missionary kids, but, mm -hmm. Um, he's writing from a pastor kid, missionary kid perspective. And so that's been helpful. And then another book that several of us really think is helpful for TCKs is a book called With. Um, it's not specifically about TCKs, but it's about our relationship with God. And that's been helpful. And then, of course. All right, say that title again. With. With, okay. All Sky right. Jathani. I'm not sure quite how to say his last name, but. Okay. Yeah. It's um, reimagining the way you relate to God. And huh. so it's been really, really helpful. And then uh, workshops, um, um, Lauren Wells at TCK Training has been doing some different workshops. She was one of the, we did a virtual Mukapa retreat and she um, did a workshop there on the grief tower. So that was really helpful. She did a workshop for Mukapa on relationships, but also on her TCK training site, she has some different workshops that are for college age and adult third culture kids. Those are just, yeah, some resources um, at Barnabas where I work now, we're doing some more work with adult third culture kids. So we have a retreat that's for post-university. Um, it's in October in Michigan usually, yeah. Okay. I think a lot of people, we would like to think that, you know, a child raised on the mission field is happy and healthy and well-adjusted and happy with God and everything's okay. But um, unfortunately, I mean, there are situations where a family moves suddenly or a family member passes away or there's some kind of trauma and they come back to the States not happy and healthy and, 
not in a good frame of mind. And so I appreciate what you said about the word of God, because we, I mean, just like anyone, as they grow and mature, they have to own their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They have to really decide where they stand and is it that really their faith or their parents' faith and so on. And so I think when you talk about counseling and so on, it's, it's important that we realize that um, these, these kids often need someone to talk to about their experiences because they haven't all been just really, really great uh, experiences. I mean, on the whole, probably yes, mm-hmm. but, but not always. And so not to assume that when they meet a, a child that's grown up um, overseas, um, not to assume that everything's perfect, but maybe encourage them to find someone to talk to or you know, try to try to be a, a resource for them if they if you have a sense that they really do need to talk with someone. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I will say, um, I think a lot of people we hear a lot of the scary stories about their culture kids. And so, and this is just a God's grace in my own family. I'm the oldest of four four of us kids. And um, one of my brothers had a really hard story growing up in Brazil with different experiences that happened only to him, but all four of us, you know, are in church and following the Lord. So it's possible. Um, but I do, yeah, I do think counseling and, and debriefing, I'm just debriefing our stories of having a chance to process and talk through them is super helpful. Um, yeah, a place like Sanctuary Inn, where you guys um are is a really great place that missionary families can come because I know you guys talk with the kids too. Yeah, I think it's great that you were able to share all these resources because we have uh, quite a broad audience around the world too, and they can access these. We'll put these all on our show notes for our show today. And I just really want to us to get more and more resources out there for people wherever you are, even if your kids can't, don't have a transition seminar to go to in your country. There are these books and resources that we want to get in your hands. So thanks yeah, for that. I, I forgot one. one. Yeah. yeah, one more. Yeah. It's um it's called Third Culture Kids, a gift to care for. Okay. By Ulrika Ernvik. She's Swedish. Oh yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah. So it's a really great book about third culture kids. And just I love the title, A Gift to Care For. Yeah. Um, because TCKs are a gift to care for. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick question. Does Mukapa have a virtual chapter? Like if someone that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So we're actually working on that right now and hoping to start the virtual chapter in the fall. Okay. Um, ideally, uh, um, community and relationship in person is yeah. b- best. Yeah. Um, so we would love students to start Mukapa chapters at their school, yeah. but we know sometimes either they don't know how to find the other TCKs or there aren't many on their campus. And so we're wanting to, a virtual chapter for students who don't have a TCK community um, or able to start one on their campus. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that, that will be on our website, mukapa.org. Okay, thank you. And someone might actually be going to school in a place where it's just not possible to, to have that relationship. But if they had a virtual chapter, that could be an encouragement. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, Tammy, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. And we're grateful for the things that you've shared with us. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Kara, how did you enjoy that interview with Tammy? It was, it was great to talk with Tammy and hear some of her story. And just, uh, I loved all the resources she shared. There's so mm-hmm. many great books and tools and resources out there. And I love that we can get that out there to people. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is so that we can um, put resources out there so other people know about them if they didn't know already. And so that's certainly something that's really important to us. You know, something she said today that caught my attention was the word hidden immigrant. Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, I think it is a very, very um, appropriate description for what uh, MK is and how we aren't already always seen as mm-hmm. what we are. Mm-hmm. Someone who has a whole world of experiences that you can't really tell just by looking yeah. at us. Because when you step back into American culture... You looked very much like all the Americans you were with, and uh, no no one at a glance could look at you and say, that young lady just spent her 18 years in Brazil. Yeah, so I think it's just a helpful term, and um, that, you know, the cross-cultural stress and struggles that so many people are experiencing, mm-hmm. you can't tell necessarily just by looking at them. Mm-hmm. So I think that goes, that's true for anybody. You, I mean, you don't know people's stories, so that's it's always right. yeah. important to take the time to listen and really pay attention. And I think that was one thing that Tammy brought up is that just taking the time to listen and be invested and interested in the life of an MK can have a huge impact. Yeah, ask them questions, talk about them, their life, and things that they knew about growing growing up, and things that um, maybe they're struggling with now. So anyway, I'm hoping that people that are listening today are are taking note of that, and um, when they have the opportunity to spend some time with a missionary kid, they can uh, be that person who can ask some questions. Well, thanks for joining us today. And we'll catch you again on the Innkeepers Podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Innkeepers Podcast. Our mission at Sanctuary Inn is to equip, refresh, and restore God's global workers. We hope today's podcast was an encouragement to you, or maybe the podcast you heard today, you've been prompted to pass this along to someone you know that could benefit from today's conversation. Creating a podcast is a team effort. Cara and I prepare and do the interviews, and we're grateful for the time that our guests give us out of their busy lives to help us learn more about missionary care. We want to thank Tim Downing for the music he wrote and performed for the Innkeepers podcast. Tim is a very talented musician, and you can find out more about Tim at downingkeys.com. Our podcast is edited by Javier Bolanos, and our website and show notes are prepared by Micah Githens, my amazing husband. You can visit the Sanctuary Inn website to see more of Micah's great work at sanctuaryinn.org. Thank you for joining us on our journey to learn more about missionary care.